You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. You sucker is lame. It is a shame. But that's why you listen to J-R-A. They teach you the way. And they can explain why. Brought to you by Maple Syrup Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along. This is the third one for 2018. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Do You Have Your Microphone in Your Mouth? <laughs> and uh, Do You Have the Microphone in Your Mouth Again? Um, right off the top, we have a donation. I'm going to get to that. I got to clickety clack around real quick. Looks like Eric H. of Iowa sent over 25 American currencies. Thank you. My goal is to have people from all over the world send in different amounts of money so that we can make fun of the stereotypical thing that could be used as currency within their country. Okay. Like if we were, I don't know, like in Norway or something, recording an episode and an American sent us money, we'd be like, is that 25 pistols? Because you pay with guns in America, right? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I was just looking at an article about um, the boring company selling flamethrowers, and I was wondering if Kitty had one yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Okay. All right. I, mean, I just assume you will eventually. That's a, just a very it's a very Kenny thing to have as a flamethrower. So couple of quick things. One, uh, Andrea's first episode of the longest off-season ever is now posted on the just or the Mountain Bike Radio YouTube. And this is the longest episode of the longest off-season ever that you will see until it's over, probably. Don't ever say that. You're long-winded. Fuck you. So, moving forward, <laughs> that's posted. You should go watch it. Uh, Can we, we talk about our hate mail? We no, we we do have. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of like lag because we know we're going to miss at least one or two recordings in the pretty, maybe even three. But we haven't talked about that one yet. Kenny doesn't know that one yet, but um, <laughs> it. I just found out about it yesterday, so uh, stuff's going to come out kind of long. Also, so if you're bored, you go check that out. I have recorded Andrea and I've recorded some things that'll go up on the YouTube channel. So and there's really nothing like that. Um, visual about it other than Matt and I are wearing the same color clothes and we're, um, I'm drinking a glass of wine, but so if you wanted to just like play a YouTube video while you're driving or sitting around or no, and another, not or, while you're driving, don't say that. That's terrible. While you're, if you want to play YouTube audio while the video plays and you don't have to watch the video, that's a good one to do. It's 40 minutes of just talking. I think it's somewhat interesting just because, you know, I'm in it and everything, but uh, you don't really have to watch it to get the idea. That's all I'm saying. Don't play videos while you drive your car. That's, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, because it is really funny. We're like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, <laughs> there's, I have a note written down and I don't know what it means now. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so updates with me. I got my cork in the mail. I got a new cork. Um, I ordered a GXP cork and it came in. It's here. I have it. It's in my possession and the chain ring is bolted on. And in really exciting news, my bike will be ordered soon and I'll have my new race bike for 2018. My shop demo bike is going to be a pivot less with X01 and a step cast fork because I can't get it with a SID. And I'll have that pretty soon because I'm going to race 24 hours of old Pueblo. Just found out like yesterday and I'm going to going to go and be part of a four man team. Um, while I think everyone on the team is going to try very hard, I don't think we'll be actually competitive. So we're just going to be racing very hard. But You're going to be doing your best. We'll do our best, but we won't be podiuming, I do not believe. So um, from what I understand, it's more of an idea, uh, more of an opportunity. Uh, Pivot is going to be at the event. We're going to hang out with them from what I understand. And, and we're also going to do some hard pedaling, but taking ourselves semi-seriously. So... Um, that's what's going on with me. And if you haven't watched 
well, you, I don't know. I don't know how all this is going to post and work its way to the internets because I don't understand the internet tubes. Um, we do have a video that talks about me trying to pack up my stuff to go for an overnighter, and that overnighter is tomorrow night. So I'm going to do my first part of my Leadville training is I'm going to start sleeping up high occasionally, and tomorrow is going to be the first night I try to sleep high. And I'm pretty nervous because it's going to be really cold and I'm going to turn into like a little popsicle. <laughs> so, Are you scared? Uh, yeah. If I said I wasn't scared, I'd be absolutely lying. Um, overnight low is pretty cold. I don't know. What is it? I can look. I don't really know how to look up the temperature for where I'm going to be. There's, but, there's nothing there. So there's no yeah, there's no like, station or anything telling you the temperature. You can just kind of say like it's usually 10 to 20 degrees colder than it is here in town. And it looks like, come on, Weather Channel. This is like old school where we're just like clicking. That's all right. You want me to start like talking? No, because I still have a couple of things that I want to cover. Um, I really don't like any weather. No, the weather Channel is pretty terrible with like ads and all their shit. And no, I don't even use the Weather Channel. I was about to say, I don't like any weather services options. Uh, overnight low tomorrow night's 28, so... So it'll be um, in 20. the high teens where you are. In the teens somewhere. Yeah. So, yuck. Um, so my cork's here. I'm going to do an overnighter. Longest episode ever. I don't know what this means. There's just a, a note here. Cassette fuckery. I have no idea. Oh, what yeah. That you is. were going to do. Um, you were going to talk about cassette ranges with road. Oh, road yeah. Cassettes. One of the guys from SRAM got onto me on the internet because I was saying that a two by system is better than a one by system because a one by system has smaller jumps. My personal opinion. And, and then I, we're talking about wait, for road. Wait, 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 what? For road. Wait, fucking what? Not for mountain, for road. No, no, no. If you go, go back, if you run road like 53, 39, 11, 28, you get the same range as, as a 10, 42. One by. But what about the jumps being smaller? When you run a two by, you have an eleven twenty eight cassette, so you have a lot smaller jumps in the cassette. Okay, I thought you were saying the other way around. No, I was like, what the no. fuck? One by is amazing until you try to ride it on the trainer, or you ride it uphill for two fucking hours in Colorado because you're. All- I don't understand how you could ever argue that the jumps are like smaller or better from, on a one by the guy from Strand was telling me that, that most people don't understand how to shift the two by, which isn't my fucking point. One by on the road is fine. If you're it, I had one by for a while. I know I get it. Don't, don't tell me in episode 697. I said that one by on my Crockett was amazing. It was until I had to go uphill for two fucking hours at a time. And it just hammers your chain rings immediately. And it just hammers your drivetrain. And then when you go downhill, like here, if you're going slightly downhill with a tailwind, you run out of gear. And if you tell me to spin faster, I'm going to tell you to build a time machine, go back in time, and don't ever listen to my podcast because I don't care. I don't have time for you. What I'm trying to say is I put two by on my bike. I love it. And for SRAM, you know what? I love you guys, but screw you. I'm not going to go full F you, but screw you. You have all the things at your disposal. You could make one of a couple of different things. One, you could make a 1035 cassette or a 1036 cassette, 11 or 12 speed for road. Oh, you, yeah, that's true. You have, the, you have the tooling and the technology. That's number one. You could build a road group with a 10. And, well, that's obviously in the pipes. Otherwise, they wouldn't make a deeper no, no, XD driver. Kenny? With all due respect, can I finish? <laughs> sure. The other thing that they can do is they can build a road long cage, non-X horizon rear derailleur, so you could run 48 or 50 34 chain rings with a 1042 cassette. You have the power. You have the technology. You could do it. You could build an, or even an 1136, because that's the cassette that I have shoehorned into my bike. And it works, but it's not supposed to. So you could have it set where someone could run 50-34, 11-36. You would have under one-to-one, and you'd have a 50-11, which is an amazing top-end gear. And 
Or you could do 52-36-11-36, and you could get all the way down to one-to-one and then have 52-11, which would be come on now, big old, big rain gear, and you would have an amazing setup. And don't tell me, don't bring out fucking Shriegel, like, or Regal, like Red Eagle, where it's one by 12 and it's a 1050 cassette for road. That doesn't exist yet, so it's okay. Don't bring that out and tell me that's the solution. I want... And don't tell me you can change your chain rings for different situations. I can't change my chain ring to go right outside and then change my chain ring to come back inside to ride the trainer. That's not acceptable. You know what they make? They make this amazing little paddle that goes on the left side that moves this thing that immediately changes your chain ring like multiple times in a ride. So, Well, with Fram, Fram, that's not true. It is true because my front derailleur would work fine if I didn't have a bunch of bullshit chain rings on my bike because I'm a cheap son of a bitch. Yeah, like the the SRAM yaw front derailleur is can I can I finish is awesome. I ain't finished yet. Okay, well you keep going. I was just throwing that in there since you didn't say it straight out. Like that is the, a no, great it, front derailleur. no, it's a great front derailleur. I just have really terrible chain rings on my bike, and they don't shift properly because it's the wrong chain rings. So, and I even tell people don't run the wrong chain rings, and I'm running the wrong chain rings. I wasted. I literally threw money away because I was trying to be cheap. I didn't buy the right stuff, and I'm paying terribly for it. With all that said, don't get at me on my in my social media because I want to know if some – don't butt into my conversation of trying to figure out things about 2 buy. I know what works for me, and you can't – you, as part of the industry, can't say – we, as the industry, can't inform the customer. Because if we can't inform the customer, we're going to die as an industry. So moving forward with something that I will absolutely rip someone a brand new shiny. Here's the deal. I'm reading from a company's website. These forks are great and we've never had one fail. But if you're planning on catching big air or riding this suspension fork or riding this rigid fork, like I'm adding the rigid in there, riding this fork like a suspension fork on your mountain bike, we don't want you to break your face and sue us. Any buyer and rider of this must fork must sign our waiver, releasing us from any possible legal claims. This is not a suspension fork, so don't go catching any massive air on it and get hurt, please. That is a real statement on a bicycle company's website. We should just go ahead and call them straight out. Lemire Cycles has said you can get our, our rigid fork if you sign a release saying you won't sue us if our rigid fork fails. Because you know what I can get from China? I can get this fork from China without your fucking logo on it. And I don't have to sign a waiver because it's from China and it's understood that that company would just disappear if there was never an issue. Don't tell me don't go casting massive air on the fork. Tell me it's a class one item that shouldn't see more than a 12 inch drop. They have actual ways yeah, to, Trek, Trek bikes come with stickers on them that tell them that tell you what you should and shouldn't do with the bike. <laughs> this is absolute horse shit. Here's the deal. He's I just sangry. no 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 no. Oh my Jesus Christ! I just found this. <laughs> I looked for the price on this website multiple times. It's a fork that you have to sign a waiver for, and it's four hundred and twenty dollars. It's four hundred and twenty dollars. I've never been this excited in my entire life. You want me to? For eighty more dollars, I don't have to sign a waiver, and I can get one from Niner. Jesus, ta- I can get a fucking envy fork for that price. So if you're the guy that sent in the hate mail, and then now I'm going to my next thing, and I'm probably pretty much done for the whole show. Hey, Matt's not going to talk again for like so, the next forty five minutes. So if if you're the guy that sent in the email that was like, ah, uh, they cuss too much. I don't know how you fucking made it this far in this episode because this is a bad one. <laughs> this one's really like I want to put two explicative warnings on this one. Expletive. Expletive. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I don't even care at this point. It's four hundred and twenty dollars for a fork that you that, that they say they pretty much tell you is going to your face is going to touch the ground when it fails. <laughs> and if you want to send me one, I'll fill it with Tannerite and shoot it. <laughs> I'm sure they would send you one for $420 plus shipping. <laughs> I'll send them 420 middle fingers and they can not send me one. How about that? <laughs> so did we really get an honest to God email saying that we curse too much? You're right. We did. <laughs> Have they not listened to the other 300 episodes? 
No, they were just getting into it, and they didn't like the fact that I was drunk on gin and really excited I got into Leadville. So now I'm really excited about all these things. I mean, my literal note, I wrote it down this week, cassette fuckery. I mean, I don't know why Ben even gives us a platform at this point. I really don't. So I'll send you 420 fiddle fingers and you can keep the fork. I think Andrea is actually going to die. She's doing the Brent right now where she has to hold her abs. She's laughing so hard. There's like veins in her forehead. I think she's going to have an aneurysm. Oh, sound is getting foggy right now. Oh man, I'm crying. So with all that said, that's what's been going on with me this week. What about you, Kenny? Uh, nothing crazy. <laughs> I love. I, so I go on a 16 minute tirade, and Kenny's like, "Oh, nothing." <laughs> yeah, you just talk. nothing groundbreaking over here. Went to St. George because it's cold as shit out here, and just did a quick day trip. Um, so the Magura dropper that I ordered finally came in. Is it, it's, did you find it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took a little while to get here, but it's here. And unfortunately I did a whole shitload of measuring and all kinds of stuff and it doesn't fucking fit my bike, oh, which is really is it too long? a bummer. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. I guess I just didn't think it all the way through. Um, like I measured, you know, my existing post is 410 mil long. It's a Sintase P6. Um, did all the math, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be fine. I didn't realize that my seat post, because I'd never like lowered it on that bike, it was like fully maxed down, which is insane. I mean, it's at like the nine out of 11 mark on the height. Like there's a shitload of posts sticking out of the bike, but on the medium niner RKT, um, you the post cannot go down far in the frame at all before it hits all kinds of shit. So anyway, to how clarify, much, how much drop of I the, didn't like how long is that seat post and how much drop was it? Uh, I don't know what the overall length of the post is. I think it's like around four thirty or four fifty. It's a one twenty five drop. Hmm. So I mean, anything on paper, I thought it was going to work, but I didn't realize that I literally could only move my factory four hundred ten mil rigid post down in the frame, like maybe. 10 millimeters. So anyway, everything else, all the measurements were correct, but that part of it, I just didn't check it. So, uh, kind of sucks there, but I did, I did bring the post anyway, because the, at the end of the day, it sits about an inch high, which is obviously a problem, but it's a dropper post. So I just kind of like had to dick with it a little bit to get the seat height, right. When I pedal and I could still drop it. So I just wanted to play around with it and see if it, you know, make sure it didn't piss me off. It was definitely a little bit weird at first. Um, one thing I don't like is, and maybe there's a setting for it. I have no idea. If you hold the button, it will not drop. So you have to like click the button once and then wait a second and then it drops. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's not super intuitive and maybe there's a setting. So I don't know. I'm not going to rag on it just yet, but that's the first thing I noticed is yeah. But once I realized that it worked fine, so no issues um, throughout the day. And I definitely rode some stuff that I haven't ridden before out there. So that was really fun. Um, bike part wise, nothing else like new. Um, you know, St. George is awesome as usual. We're going to go, it'll be pretty fun next week. I've got, uh, two people from Memphis coming in town and, uh, we're going to have a group of four or five people go down. I think a listener is going to meet up with us down there as well. So we'll have a big old train of people riding St. George and uh, like the hurricane area. So it'll be really fun. That's next weekend. Word. <clears throat> Anything else? I don't think so. I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. I laughed so hard. It just kind of erased my brain with 420 metal fingers. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention that hate mail. Like basically it was someone at, so I read this mail and I thought that it was someone literally trolling us like someone who is a path podcast listener because they mentioned that the path was G rated and we um, got drunk and started cursing more as the episode went on or got more drunk and like gin or something. And then, um, and then 
he he gave us at the end of his email gave us a Bible verse, and the Bible verse was about something 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 the path something something something, and so I. I literally, I think because of that, like my conspiracy theory is that this is someone who um, really, really loves the Path podcast or is probably involved with their podcast somehow. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that somebody no, trolled uh, this. I do not believe <laughs> it could definitely believe. be either one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could, I could, I could imagine it in my head going either direction, like 50, 50, but I, I think it could definitely, I think you have to acknowledge that it could be someone who is like a class one, a plus troll, like with Bible verses that mention the path. Yeah. The best way to look at it is I don't give a shit. Well, yeah, I know. We don't like, we don't, but I just have to give my conspiracy theory because I like conspiracy theories. Like that's, that's something you don't know about me. I just, I'm into the conspiracy theories. So um, other than that, yeah, we recorded um, longest off season ever episode zero, um, which is the longest episode of two people sitting on the couch and talking on YouTube. Um, I know it's already gotten at least one thumbs down, probably because it's just two people sitting on a couch, but I think the content's good. They probably never mind. <laughs> they just need 420 middle fingers or something. No, I was going to say most of the time when they watch something on the internet and it's two people on a couch, it ends much differently. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It probably does. Is it a black leather couch? Uh, leather. No, it's kind of old brown and dirty. <laughs> it came with the house. <laughs> that's what she you're, said. You're, you're not following that line of thought, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're Seven saying. Seven thumbs up, one thumbs down. I dislike this. Did that, someone comment how, why they disliked it? Yeah, that was me. Oh, okay. That's Thanks. cool. Yep. It has uh, more views than dislikes, so that's good. Yeah. Well, that's positive. Um, shit. I, for, I had like 20 things that I wanted to talk about, and I can't remember any of them now because... Matt said something about 420 middle fingers and I laughed for five minutes. Um, yeah, I just, uh, one thing I didn't talk about in the longest off season ever was that I don't quite have, um, a bike yet. My Trek, I think, did we talk about the paint on my Trek in the last episode? We did not. So my fuel EX, um, if you have watched on either Twitter or especially Instagram, like I posted some pictures, it's the greatest paint colors that a bike could ever be. It's like got purple and it's got orange and yellow fade. And it's like the most visually appealing bike I think I've ever seen in my life. Like for me personally, like I look at it and I'm like, that's that bike was made like that color scheme was made for me and me alone. Um, however, um, the project one paint uh, made in the USA occasionally has problems with adhesion with the frame paper mache tires <laughs> uh, and mine yeah you know, i i said in an earlier episode that i had like dumped the bike and it scratched and a lot of paint came off well then like i got in some mud and on the chainstay like at the chainstay down to or seat tube area like where some mud sat on the frame it also chipped a bunch of paint off so the paint doesn't want to be on the carbon. Like they don't get along with each other. And so I sent it in for warranty. And after a good deal of time and arguing, um, they replaced it. It For a known problem, it took an exorbitant amount of time. And I'm glad they replaced it. I appreciate that. Um, though I... And very hesitant to put the bike back together and ride the frame again. I'm not allowed to sell the frame for another probably 10 months um, because of Trek's employee purchase <laughs> regulations. Yeah, I can't advertise it as for sale for the next 10 months because of Trek's employee purchase regulations. So um, I basically have a full trail-ish bike build kit like Fox 34, 130 fork and full XX one group. Um, I've got a 
Trek Fuel EX brand new frame with the shock, the through axle shock, or not through axle, the uh, through shaft shock that is still in the packaging that I will eventually sell, sell when it is legal to sell. Um, but I'm looking for a different frame to put all of my parts on. I've kind of narrowed it down to either a spot mayhem or I have to ride one. Like that's the thing. Like I rode a fuel EX once before I got mine and it was, it was all right. Like it, I'm not saying the fuel EX was a bad ride or like it did anything badly. I'm just saying that I got on like a 429 trail, like one of our demo bikes at the shop. And I was like, fuck, why did I ever get that other bike? This one is so good. So I'm either going to go with the Mayhem, um, it, basically two different solid rear triangle bikes, um, the Mayhem, or if Pivot ever releases a new version of the 429 Trail, um, I would get that. And it's been a while since they made that bike, and it's been the same for a while. So I know it's got to be soon. I just don't know when. So... You know, like one of those two is going to be my next bike that I put all those parts on. So right now I'm just on like the spot single speed and um, the trainer. So pretty much. it's got 2018 bikes out, right? They don't really do model years. Okay. Well, I know they have some kind of 2018 ish bikes because there's, one sitting, yeah, like there's they, one sitting in my garage right now. Which one? 49 trail. Like a new one? Mm-hmm. No, we'll have to talk about it off the air. No, it's not a big deal. It's a uh, um, for one of the guys coming in town next week. It's a rental, and we just picked it up early because it was winter time at the shop. We picked it up at. So is it like the huh? what? What's up? Pivot hasn't announced any new models for twenty eighteen. Okay, well, it's a new bike. Like it's brand new, never been ridden, just built. Correct. So any bike that you buy in twenty eighteen as of today, will match a bike you could have purchased in 2017. That's that's what I mean by 2018 models. Uh, anyway, go on, Andrew. Well, those are kind of my two choices. And right now, um, yeah, I the Fuel EX is just going to, that frame and fork um, is just going to sit until I can sell it. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll just eat whatever the cost is to buy a new frame um, until I can sell that one. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. Hopefully I can get something before, uh, you know, I'm hoping to do my like rainbow trail FKT thing, like, um, in the middle to end of June. So hopefully I'll have something new by then. That's really it. We can go to listener questions. Sweet. Uh, okay. Do we want to do that? Um, super long one we discussed last week. Which one? Um, let me. Uh, there was one we got to the end of, like, kind of towards our end of the episode, and you said we have one, one more, but it's like a book. Yeah, this one's books. a this one's a book here. So, Wait, do you um, have a book also? I do. Yeah. Well, hang tight for one second. I need two corrections. One, an envy fork is six hundred and twenty-five dollars. It's not five hundred. Sorry, I was wrong. Still. <laughs> Cheaper than going to the it hospital. It doesn't come with a release. No, I don't have to sign a waiver. So, um, And then I have a couple of quick mentions. So before we read any books, I want to do that. Okay. Because then we can at least get to them. Um, Matt, Barrett, and Burke all recommended Fast Bike Industries, a suspension service company out of North Carolina. So Very cool. Um, and then let's see. The next one is a book. I think the previous one is a book as well. Uh, let's see here. Uh, book. Oh, God, that's a real book. Oh, that's a book as well. Jesus, I have three books. Kenny has a book. So, Kenny, you gonna you going to get reading? So, do you have a Joseph Rodriguez? Oh, then we both have the same book. Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to start with Joseph? Yeah, I'll read Joseph's. Um, with a Z? Yeah, with a Z. So, we... We kind of like did the first paragraph of this last week. But anyway, so here we go. Super long. And I'm just going to read it kind of verbatim, which might be painful, but uh, here we go. Kenny, Matt, Andrea, what up? Just recently started listening to your podcast a few months back. Thanks to a friend whom has already been listening for a while, a.k.a. Andrew from Tejas. So you have a background of my riding experience. I first started riding in 2010 at the age of 27 with a piece of shit bike from Walmart. Uh, By the way, I didn't say that. He said that. So, 
um, our upset guy can just fuck off. Anyway, um, I was able to easily get in three rides a week, uh, where now I'm lucky if I get one ride a week logged. I guess three kids will do that to you. Anyway, I tacoed the wheel fairly quickly multiple times while taking the bike out on our local trails. <laughs> we do have some pretty decent trails here in Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex that are kept up and groomed. I'm sure not like the picturesque beauty you guys are surrounded by, but we make do. I digress. Another buddy uh, then lent me a Novara Bonanza that he had laying around once he learned I was getting into riding and until I decided to make my first MTB purchase. Uh, that brings me to 2011 when I purchased what I still ride to this day, a 2011 Trek 4500 disc. I got the 19 and a half size model. Uh, looking back, I probably should have gone a size smaller. Oh, and I still have the Navara too. Anyway, over the past year and a half, I've made several changes to the Trek. Most prominently, the drivetrain has been up upgraded to one by. I'm not running the most high-end stuff. Just I thought, hold on, uh, not running the high-end stuff. Just stuff I thought was affordable and what I mocked up after test riding a specialized fuse. Wolf 232 ring, Sunrace 1140 cassette, SRAM X7 derailleur, X5 shifter, KMC superlight chain. I uh, changed out the stem to a 60 mil Truvative um, and a core 740 mil wide bar. Of course, I have my contact points covered with aftermarket WTB saddle, lizard skin lock on grips, Shimano pedals, uh, tires were definitely uh, replaced, and I'm currently running Schwalbe Navi Nick front and back two three five. The bike now is uh, the bike now is my take on what is more modern and current, though still a cross country bike. Uh, it, in my opinion, feels great, but I'm still looking to do a few more things, which is where my questions come in. The bike still has the original Suntour XCM fork. Oh, that's gross. Uh, <laughs> which I think you will probably agree is a piece of shit. Yes, I agree that is a piece of shit. Um, it's unfortunate. A lot of bikes do come with the Suntour stuff, but I mean, there's just no nice way to say it. Like those, they're just so bad. Um, they might be better than that $420 um, rigid fork, but other than that, uh, also the wheels are shit. Now, uh, now that the uh, now that the dynamic has shifted to 27.5 and 29ers, I find obtaining a modestly priced tubeless wheel set or fork more difficult. The fork I'm looking at is a RockShox Recon Silver TK. I know you've mentioned staying away from the current slash new stands wheels, uh, but the set I had my eye on was the stands Flow EX. Any suggestion, recommendation on wheels or fork would be greatly appreciated. So I'll just jump in really quick on those. Uh, fork, yeah, that RockShox Recon is fine. They make a, a decent 26 fork that's going to be rebuildable. Uh, and then stands wheels. Yeah, the Flow EX, nothing wrong with the Flow EX. It's the Mark III stuff that it started really going downhill. Uh, anyway, so keep going on here. We got two more paragraphs, <laughs> but they're pretty, they're pretty short. Breathe, breathe deep, Kenny. I know. I plan on keeping this bike even after my next bike purchase, which currently I am smitten with the Trek Fuel EX8. I think the price point is impeccable considering the components that come on the bike. I like Santa Cruz and the Tallboy or 5010 uh, are also in consideration. But as I mentioned, you just seem to get much more bang for your buck with the Trek. What size bike would you recommend? I am a heavier rider, about 5'9", 230 on a good day. Uh, working on the 2018 goal to get back down to under 200, where I was about a year and a half ago. Uh, anyway, thanks for reading this long-ass email and happy riding. Joseph with a Z. So just on that thought, I would just say, yeah, you probably need to be on the average medium, uh, assuming that you don't, you're not like super jangly. Uh, jangly? 18 yeah. and a half in track sizing. Sweet. And do you guys have any other input there? He basically was, I mean, he didn't really have a lot of questions so much. He's just saying that he's kind of progressed through the years and he's really looking to get his next bike. You know, he's kind of wants to get a new modern full suspension bike. And he's just saying that the Trek has a pretty good bang for the buck, which I wouldn't disagree with at all. Um, the Treks are great. Um, I mean, I'm a specialized dealer, so I just know that. I'm not saying you need to get one, but for 2018, especially the price points are like, bananas they're so good the build kits on them are just they're really freaking good there's no other way to say it um santa cruz is awesome so i mean you're not going to be upset with any of these i think we talked about this a bunch before there's we we're in a time now where bikes are so good suspension has gotten so good build kits for the money have gotten so good yes the bikes are expensive don't get me wrong it's very easy to spend three or four or five thousand dollars but 
that gets you like primo stuff. I mean, I would not be upset riding a $5,000 retail bike. Whereas, um, whereas many years ago, I really wanted to be on like that, you know, eight or $9,000 bike. So you're getting way more bang for the buck these days. So while people are going to bitch and moan and complain about how expensive bikes have gotten, you're getting more for your money at each price point. So, um, I know that wasn't really gone into the email. I was just thinking that in my head that, you know, people think it's gotten out of control. Um, but man, I mean, these bikes are just, I mean, you're able to get carbon wheeled full suspension bikes in the force. That's like unreal. That's absolutely unreal. Um, you know, five years ago, that would not happen. Not even close. So anyway, um, my recommendation to Joseph is any of those bikes would be awesome. Um, maybe if you, uh, live near a specialized dealer, you might want to go check some of those out, see what you think, like a stump jumper, uh, camber is probably going to get redone. So I, if it were me, I wouldn't get one of those, uh, for this year I'd wait and assuming that they, uh, update it, I'd probably wait on that one. What Do you guys have any other, uh, suggestions as far as bikes go for them? I got a camber that'll fit him. A used demo one. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, yeah, if you can find a smoking deal on a camera, there's nothing wrong with it. But I know that if I was going to pay full retail for a current year model bike, I personally wouldn't buy a 2018 camber. And it's because the camber's really long in the tooth. It was like it Andrea is. being worried about getting Valor wheels. And sure enough, they were redone this year. You know, it's like you look at a product that's three or four years deep in the cycle. It's not that it's not that it's not a new bike. It's just that it's three or four year old technology where like my fuel is like the second year of the fuel. So it's still pretty fresh, you know? Yeah. What you want to do just like cars, if you can buy that second model year, they usually have some of the weirdo quirks figured out. Um, you know, like who knows some bolt that was shearing off or whatever it might be. They usually get that stuff figured out. Well, in Trek's case, all the bolts falling out, even if you torque them and lock tight them. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so my recommendation is get that second year model bike. Same thing with the car. Probably don't want to get that first gen or that first year of that new generation car, um, all kinds of issues. So anyway, yeah. Uh, maybe keep an eye out for that camber. Uh, any other bikes you guys can think of that he might like? I mean, there's so much good stuff really is what it boils down to. Yeah, I wouldn't a really popular category. Yeah. Don't overthink it too much, uh, is my advice. And if you have an awesome local bike shop, like just get what they get. I mean, it's, I wouldn't go out of my way to get some wacko, uh, exotic brand. Cause it usually bites you in the ass. Just get something solid that you are happy with the service and support that the shop has to give you. Uh, and that's going to be way better at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, that's all, all good. I, I can't, I can't argue with any of that. Sweet. Uh, you want to do, another book matt i do i was just gonna look up like you said don't get some wacko bike and it made me think of like if i was gonna get a wacko bike this year what would it be and now i'm (laughs) trying to look up it's the the mondraker hardtail it's so weird but it's so good i would ride that bike very hard uh it has like a really really high head tube and high top tube junction is the only way to put it i'll put a link up with the show Um, interesting so if you can imagine like on a it's it I'll just put a link up. It's like the top tube extends like has a notch where the stem goes and then the head tube and the top tube like meet behind the stem. So the the top of the top tube is in line with the top of the stem. Of course you want one of those. Of course so I it do. Look, it, so it looks like a, a TT bike is what you're saying. It's a it's a TT yeah, gravel road racing bike. Yeah, you got it. Oh my god. What is wrong with you? Uh well, what do you mean what's wrong with me? Everything's <laughs> wrong with me. Yeah, I guess it's not just the one thing. I'm getting the less though. I'm really excited about that. Um and when I interrupted and said I'm right. Like when you said I wouldn't be upset if I was riding a $5,000 bike and I said, I am, I'm not upset. I mean, I am riding a $5,000 bike and it's really good. Yeah. Like my fuel is like ripping. So yep. um, speaking of fuels, because Joseph with a Z wanted to know about fuels. And then Eric also wants to know about fuels. And since I'm talking about my fuel, Eric says, Hey man, after writing this, uh, I decided to apologize for the book, but on the plus side, I sent a donation your way. I've been listening for some now, sometime now and i really appreciate all the work that is put into the show i work part-time at a shop in des moines i have access to trek university Woo! 
like Waterloo. Woo! I, I made the Waterloo joke. Um, I'm still new to trail stuff, and we as we mostly ride hardtails or gravel and cross around here. I'm still trying to figure out the geo, geo charts on trail bikes, and would love your opinion. My buddies and I are starting to take more trips around the country, and I'm looking for a trail bike that can do everything. Um, I want to just stop right here. I want to answer these questions as we go. Kenny and I, and we all had this conversation at some point, figuring out geo chart on trail bikes. You have to consider the entire reach equation. So not just the reach, but reach plus stem. And that equals that like, and Kenny talks about doing it reach plus stem, measuring it to the point you grip on the bar. Um, I mean, that's how I do it. But also, you know, every bike's got a different personality. So another thing to think about is if you've got a, um, if you've got a bike with that's designed around a really short stem, it might have a little bit longer top tube because it's super slacked out and it can benefit from that shorter stem. So, I mean, you can't necessarily, I mean, all these modern trail bikes are kind of going down the same road. So it's probably not too crazy to compare similar bikes, but if you look at a current trail bike versus like your current bike that you're riding, that's six or eight years old or something, the reach number uh, or the effective top tube number is going to be pretty much meaningless in my opinion. Right. Or if you're on a hardtail, you know, a standard cross country hardtail, you would think about reach plus stem and then look at the trail bike and say reach plus a proper trail bike stem. You're probably going to get a better idea there. Yeah. So that's why it's, this is not the only way to fit a bike, but it's what I do. I know in the back of my head, what my diagonal reaches as in where my sit bones sit on my seat, measuring diagonally to the end of my bar. So it takes into account everything, top tube length, stem length, bar width, where my saddle's positioned, everything. And I know what's comfortable to me generally on a kind of cross country slash trail bike. And I know that number. So I try to reproduce that on whatever I get. And I, you know, that's when I would go in there and play with uh, stem length and, you know, look at sizing and all that kind of stuff. So I know that's kind of backwards, but I know what that number is for me. And then I can make something work for me. Exactly. So that's what you need to look at when you're going from your standard trail bike or hardtail to a trail bike is, yeah, the, the reach looks really long, but it's because of the, the short stem wide bar, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, my buddies and I are starting to make more trips around the country. I'm looking for a trail bike that can kind of do everything. I have three specific trips in mind. Bentonville, Arkansas in February, Monarch Crest in the summer, and the CCP Fritter in August. If I get in, if not, I'm looking at doing the Lutzen 69er. As an aside, one notable trip was out to Salida. As a listener to the show, I heard Andrew was going all hype girl in the shop, so I thought I would check it out. Since I've been in the market, sweet shop, by the way. I love the bike library. Unfortunately, we never crossed paths, but the rest of the staff was awesome. We rode a bunch of stuff on S Mountain and then rode Starvation Creek. Being from Iowa, the mellow climb described was nothing of the sort, but well worth the descending. Okay, enough of that. I'm in the market for a trail bike. I'm pretty set on the Fuel EX, but I'm waffling on size. I'm wondering if it will be enough to keep up with my buds. I would love to maybe go bigger to keep up, but if my friends with my friends, but I think that would be a stupid move. Bigger ain't always better. I'm five foot nine and a half. Yes. I'm under six feet. So I talk about all the height I have. I'm 290 <laughs> pounds and getting smaller every day. I've been told my legs are short for my height. I rock a 30 inch inseam just to give you a little insight into my body composition. Main bikes I've ridden or so the main people I ride with have the following bikes. Uh, well, I want to stop again. If you have short legs, you might have an issue with, Dropper post insertion. Like Kenny. Like Kenny. So, um, Well, mine's the opposite, unfortunately. I've actually got long legs. It's that my frame is stupid. Well, but... You mean an RKT wasn't made with a dropper post in mind? Well, it actually has routing for it. It's just that, yeah, the medium in particular, um, man, that just does not have... Like where the bend is, it's just... It, it is what it is. It's just shitty. Um I don't know how much I didn't actually measure it, but I'm guessing maybe 15 to 20 centimeters max before it bottoms out, like down in the frame. Um, I have to go measure it. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's not a ton to give you an idea on a Sintase post. I don't know how many little notch marks there are. I'm, maybe there's like 13 or something in that ballpark. I'm at like nine on the Sintase and then it's maxed. So 
like I have a decent amount of posts showing. It's just that, yeah, fuck. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty long post. The one, even the one twenty five travel one, it's four hundred and I don't know thirty or fifty. It's pretty fucking long. Anyway, so I don't want to go too much on a tangent. Yeah, you go ahead, Matt. Okay, so he says the main people I ride with have the following bikes. Corey rides a high tower and likes to go all Huckleberry Finn, like eight <laughs> foot drops are a thing for him. <laughs> Alicia, Corey's wife, rides a frittata. Chris is probably going to get frittata? a frittata, like the egg dish. A Julian frittato, whatever. Frittato. I'm from the South. Most words are hard. <laughs> Chris is probably going to, I'm going to use up some of my middle fingers and I'm not going to have enough to send to Lemire. So. Uh, Chris is probably going to get a, a YT Hefsey 29er. Quick aside for my buddy Chris, if a bike came spec'd the exact same, but was carbon versus aluminum, what would you think of the aluminum bike? Would carbon still be the best for full squish? Yeah. Do you just want a heavier bike? I mean, buy aluminum if you want something heavy. I mean, there's basically no reason in this day and age to not buy a carbon bike, except that they're a thousand dollars more. So, and a pound lighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, as I mentioned above, I'm thinking of getting the Fuel EX 9.8, which I think both you and Andrea have. I have a 9.8. Andrea has a 9.9. Um, I've been riding a bunch of bikes, but I've not had the chance to demo a fuel. The bikes I rode from Absolute were a Yeti SB5 medium and a Wack 429 medium, both of which felt good. I rode the Yeti on starvation, and while the climbing was a bit so-so, it descended very well. The 429 I rode on S Mountain, and I think I like the 429 best. Um, on another trip in Cuyuna, I rode a Santa Cruz 5010, and I loved it. If I had the N, I would go for this bike. I also rode a Santa Cruz Tallboy, and I really liked it. Finally, to throw some more confusion to the fire, I own a Trek Farley that I use for winter commuting, and it feels good. When looking at the Trek chart for the Fuel-EX, it puts me on the 18.5, but I'm having a really hard time choosing between that because the Farley is a 17.5. Um, and the 17.5 Trek matches another bike he rode in a medium. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, 17.5 or 18.5 would be better. Also, I've been waffling between 27.5 and 29. So right here, I would say 18. I would have you test ride the 18.5 first. If you came into the shop to test ride bikes, I'd have you ride the 18.5. So my vote is 18.5 as well because he's got shorter legs. That means longer arms and torso, which means he wants a little bit more reach for his size. So because I would put him like dead nuts in between a 17.5 and an 18.5, but his short inseam pushes me over to 18.5. How tall is he? He's 5'9 and a half. Andrea's 5'5 and a half, and she's on the 17.5. Yeah. You know, if if you rode the SB5, and the size of it felt okay, or any of the bikes that you rode, um, look at the stack and reach on their size and whatever bike you finally decide you want, um, kind of compare the stack and reach numbers and go off that more than that um, seat tube length number. Well, which that's, is, what he, that's what he just said, that the, okay. the fuel matches the Santa Cruz that he rode in stack and reach. Okay. But I still just think that the, the, it just seems like eighteen five is the ticket, and yeah, probably. I just uh, and then he says, if I go when I order the bike, do I do twenty seven five or twenty nine? If I go twenty seven five plus, I'm planning to get a line elite or line pro twenty nine or wheel set so I could switch for riding with my buds. I like the added confidence of a slightly larger front shock. Thoughts? It's a lot cheaper to just buy the twenty nine or fork and a longer air spring. Then it is to buy it in 27.5 so you get a 144 and then buy a 29 wheel set because you'll never ride the 27.5s. Don't get the plus. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's got enough riding experience that like the plus size, it seems like people that are, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, like I'm talking down to people. But from my experience, the people that are slightly less experienced and slightly less confident, which I'm not saying that's bad if you are a less confident rider, because that's a lot of people that ride bikes. Um, you know, you see like rocky technical stuff and you're like, ah, I don't know about that. And that's fine. Like, not everyone wants to take their chances. That's that's OK. That's normal. Um, those people tend to like the 27.5 plus better. Um, and the people that really like to just charge like the 29 better. And I think that the 27.5 plus is a little easier to cut a sidewall. You know, there's just more tire and more surface area to 
damage than on a 29, like when you're talking about rolling through a rot garden or something. So, you know, I, that's why I like the 29 better, but I've ridden 27, five plus enough to say, like, I can see where you would, where some people would like it better, but it sounds like for this guy, he's going to be like a 29er type of person. And lastly, yeah, sorry. I guarantee that there are like a shitload of people who are crazy fast on 27.5 plus. Definitely. But those same people would also be crazy fast on 29s. So, I mean, I I hate it when people make the argument, oh, I ride 27.5 and I'm super fast. Yeah, you might be. And you're probably super fast on 29. So, or, um, so I'm going to piggyback on Kenny's answer and then add my two cents for this person in particular, for Eric in particular. So, uh, a lot of times, and I see this, whether it's fat bike or plus bike or whatever, their last bike was an absolute utter hunk of garbage. And they're like, well, 27.5 is the best thing that's ever happened in the entire world. It's better than sliced bread. It's better than the polio vaccine. It's the best thing that's ever happened. And I'm like, you came off of a 97 Tassajara with rim brakes. Like, you could have closed your, you, like, like, oh, gosh, what's the blind piano player's name? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus. Hold on. Hold on. Ray Charles. Yeah. Ray Charles. Ray Charles could have picked a bike out for you and it would have been better, you know? And I don't mean that isn't like he can't know about bikes. I mean, he could walk into a bike shop and grab any bike and it would be better than what you had. So, um, no, I, I got. I have the ten best blind piano players and musicians of all times pulled up on my computer. What I mean is, if your last bike, all right, that, utter, that's, that's too much of a tangent. <laughs> if your last bike was utter garbage, of course, twenty seven five plus is going to be an amazing bike because it's no longer a pile of garbage. Well, I say the same thing about Road Tubeless. I don't even know what you could mean by that. So like a lot of people are like, oh, I used to get flats all the time and now I have road tubeless and I never get flats. I think it's because those people had shitty tires before and now they have road tubeless, which are inherently like those tires are just, you can't get a cheap, shitty road tubeless tire. Like you can get some that are better than others and like some that are like the least expensive road tubeless tires, but they're all like relatively good tires. Right. So you're not getting flats anymore. And it's not necessarily because you have sealant and no tube. It's because you have a decent fucking tire on your bike. All right. So enough tangents for Eric <laughs> personally. Uh, I think your weight is going to be a detriment to the sidewall of a 27.5 plus tire. Um, as a larger person, I mean, and uh, and this to just double down and, and no, all joking aside, this, if you're 290 pounds, your sidewall is supporting nearly twice the the person that I am. So you when you when you hit a rock, you're much more planted than I am. So your ability to bounce off of rocks goes down a lot and you are going to inherently get more sidewall cuts. So the 29er, you're going to have not only a a more reinforced tire from the gun, but a lot more options for reinforced tires. So you might find that you in Bontrager's lineup that you need to run like an SE4 rear tire, which would be the same tread pattern as the XR4 that comes stock on the bike, but is a much heavier casing that's going to support, have much more sidewall support for you and be a much better working tire. And that's no dig on your size at all. It's just, it's just what it, it's just, you, you have a lot more man to plant the tire with, and it's going to, take more abuse so i think 27.5 the rim being noodlier because they're trying to shave weight from the rim and the tire being noodlier i think that would be a pretty disappointing setup for you once you get into a pretty capable bike like a a fuel so um and then this one's a one that's gonna make kenny all like uh really funny i thought uh jeff from the internets with robots Hello, JRA crew. I thought I'd share some DI2 info since Kenny seems to be a fan. The new two-port road junction box fits perfectly in the Shimano Pro Tharsis bar. I'm running a short wire from the two-port junction in the bar to the stem internally, and then one long wire, 1600, from the stem all the way to the rear derailleur. I heard Kenny say his four-port junction was rattling in the down tube, so this would eliminate that noise. I put the battery in the steer tube and run the wire out of the specialized top cap and into a four-port junction in the stem. This makes the bike look super clean with only the brake hoses visible. 
The bike is a 2018 S-Works Epic with XTR GI2 and a SRAM XX1 cassette with stands, podium wheels, and a quirk. On the roadside, you can get cheap, momentary switches from eBay, solder them to DI2 wires, and plug them into the sprint port on the shifter. I made climbing shifters mounted near my stem for about $10, which are significantly smaller than the overpriced Shimano one. The bike is a Tarmac SL4 with Ultegra DI2, SRAM XX1 cassette with a 1x48 tooth ring up front, Reynolds KOM carbon wheels that are not photoed, and a quirk. I ordered the 3T932 cassette and Wolf Tooth 42 tooth oval ring, but has not yet come in. Thanks for all the great podcasts and keep up the great worth work. Jeff from the internets. I feel like he said he's in Texas, but I don't think that's true. I think I just made that up. So, uh, and he sent over a bunch of pictures I'll post with the show. So you can build your own DI2 switches. Wow. Yeah, that's rowdy. So yeah, it sounds like he's got a good setup. My only question is the new road setup. Does he have that little charging port thingy like in the end of his bar because i would break that in five seconds um oh you mean that's what it sounds like to me it's the road one have you seen the road one that actually goes in the end of your drop yeah maybe he Ooh. i don't know you probably do something deep custom where you just like i don't know i can't i can't think about it because <laughs> it sounds was, like he has that in the bar so that his you don't have to have a junction a box that hangs off the bottom of the stem because now yeah. your junction a box is the thing that goes in the end of your bar the problem is that's at the end of your bar on a mountain bike and like i don't know i've thought about that when i saw the road on i'm like oh that'd be really cool and then i thought i like looked at my bar oh, and no. looked at how smashed up it is and that would probably not last very long so the two port junction is like this almost inline connector. Oh, I see. Okay, never mind. I thought he was using like the charging port junction A box from the new like uh, the new Durachi. I Durachi. I wonder. So, um, oh man, this is like really cool. I just thought of this, and I'm trying to figure out how you would do it. You would unplug, like on your mountain bike with full internal routing like that, you would unplug your rear derailleur. You would plug the charging port into the cable, and then you would plug the charger in, and it would charge your rear derailleur or charge your bike from the rear derailleur cable. And then you would unplug the charger, plug it back into the rear derailleur, and go ride for a 1,000 miles. I just, you know, I, I like cables. I think the problem there is, and I could be wrong, I think you have to have a junction a box for some reason, but I haven't actually tried it without a junction a. So I will at the shop tomorrow, try to mock up a little system with no junction a and see if it works. Cause I don't know the answer to that, but I see what you're saying, Matt. You and that's take, really cool. You, you remove all the batteries and robots and you install Eagle on your bike. And <laughs> for what it's worth, I will say that my DI has been 100% flawless for two years i mean it just i mean it is what it is it works it's fucking amazing um i'm really looking forward to like 12 speed mountain and then mix it with a bunch of sram stuff to make it more cooler when do you think 12 speed mountain is coming Mm, 10 years actually you know (laughs) i'm I'm gonna make a prediction they're gonna skip 12 and go to 13 you think that's gonna be shimano or sram shimano Okay. SRAM couldn't skip 12 and go to 13. They're already at 12. <laughs> Sorry. I just, whatever. Um, I think it'll be. I, I was know. thinking about road. When is sea otter? Mm, March, April. I think April. So three more months till 12 speed is my guess. I bet we get 12 speed DI2 and electronic or a mechanical XTR at sea otter. Uh, April 19th through 22nd. Yep. That's my, my bet is 12 speed Shimano at Sea Otter. Yeah, that could be, that could be really cool. All right. Anyone have anything else? No. Is that all the the questions we have? Yeah, we're pretty caught up. Oh, that's amazing. But we just had books to read. So it's going to take a while to do those few. Yeah. I got nothing else. Let's shut it down. I'm not signing the waiver. Never signing a waiver. 420 middle fingers. 
No waivers, 420 middle fingers. Really? No, I don't want to end on such a negative note. Thanks for listening. Um, sorry, not sorry about that. I mean, I think everyone will agree that's that's pretty asinine and like unbelievable. So keep sending us conspiracy theory hate mails that from the pod or the path listeners. Like we we want to keep getting your conspiracy theory hate mail. It's cool. Yeah, I f- like that one was super easy. Like you sent a Bible verse with the path in it. So I got it like right away, like immediately. I looked that Bible verse up and I was like, yeah, that's just someone from the path trolling us. And the, I don't think that Andrea believes that. I think that Andrea <laughs> like just. When I'm just wanna... trying to get more listeners to send us, you know, their their hate mail with conspiracy theories in it. This is going to be like the time those guys were giving donations and smearing their friends through our donations. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh yeah, the next couple of weeks are up in the air. Kenny has friends in town, and then I'm at Fat Bike Frozen 40, and then I'm at 24 Hours of Old Pueblo. So, eh, we're going to do shows. They just might, this one might even be coming out kind of late because of all that. So, don't send us an ad. Well, this doesn't work. I can't tell you to don't worry that we're gone because we're just late because of all that in this episode. But that's the reasoning. So, cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until we record again, take care. Send us your hate mail. Now you can afford the bike that you want, the job at the mall ain't pay you enough. Now she getting rough. You thinking that you need to sell all your stuff. When it is more likely the problem with biking is that you're just prone to fucking shit up. You suck. Try to get a new head before you get a bike. Maybe get a trike with the wheelies on the side. Then you gotta get it, get it till you get it better. Maybe then you make a cheddar instead of looking like a lame ass. And if you get confused, you can ask J-R-A. Get hip to the name. Cause maybe the realest of you sucker is lame. It is a shame. But that's why you listen to J-R-A.